Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordeaux. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O for more information. Your adventure awaits. Hey guys, on this week's episode, we are going to take a deep dive on boundaries, why they're important and how to draw them with Sharpie instead of chalk. Noelle. Hello. What do you know about boundaries, Noelle? (laughs) I was actually just going to ask you what you thought a boundary is. I have none, so I don't even know what boundaries are. Um, That's not true. That's not true. Okay, well, a boundary just like on paper, is a, a limit or space between you and the other person, uh, a clear place where you begin and the other person ends. Yes. And the purpose of setting a boundary is to, of course, protect and take good care of yourself. Yes. I have a wonderful example for you. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when we were roommates in yes. Los Angeles? Yes. That should have been a, and- a, an episodic sitcom, by the way, but go on. We should have recorded that. (laughs) And I told you that I was going to, or that I already had invited a Korean boy band over for dinner and that I needed you to serve as the translator. Yes. I, that's when I should have drew a boundary, but I did not. You you didn't miss a beat. You didn't miss a beat. And you looked at me with a deadpan face and said, Noel, we need to work on our boundaries. Oh, did I? (laughs) Great. That's, um, that's, that's encouraging to hear. It means that I love myself. Yes. Yes. So that would have been a boundary around our personal space, around me uh, usurping your time, making commitments on Mm. your behalf, making assumptions about your willingness to participate in my shenanigans, all of those things. Um, But what happened was after I said that boundary, uh, the K-pop group did come over and uh, it was great. (laughs) We had an awesome night. Yeah. We had an epic night, yeah. an epic night, and and that's a funny example. But boundary work is something that happens in our everyday life. I think it's a concept that's really gaining steam mm-hmm. in public discourse. A lot of people talk about setting boundaries, and so let's break down what it is, how they work, how you can do it, you know, effectively. Uh, why it's important and all of the things that can get in the way. Well, can I just say one thing before we continue? Um, That three months or so that you were living with me and we have all our stories with the K-pop to the seven minutes and all of that, uh, things burning in the oven. I actually look back at those (laughs) that time and and it was like summer camp. I I really cherish those memories. Um, I, I, I feel I know we I know we were working and doing other things, but um, I don't remember any of the work. I just remember us just fucking around and being ourselves. And so um, I'm glad we had that experience. Me too. I yeah. cherished it. I, we laughed. It was fun. So hard. Yes. So hard. And you know, <laughs> I, I think it's a testament to uh, to the relationship that exists between you. So I love you so much. Yeah, guys. When Noel and I get together, we turn into ten year olds. Um, <laughs> We present ourselves as adults and coaches and a therapist and all that. But when we get together, we're, we're just kids at recess. If this all goes bust, I do think we could do a comedy routine. Oh, for sure. All right, let's get back to boundaries. Okay, go ahead. Yep. 
Yep, yep, yep. So I heard a really great example of boundaries from one of my dear people in life who's a first grade teacher. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when one of her little kids who's six hits another one, that's a direct boundary violation. The kid who hit another has violated somebody's personal space and it was an act of violence. So she says to the little nugget who was hit, you know, don't say that's okay. You can ask for and accept an apology, but it's not okay for someone else to hit you. Mm. And so the appropriate response is, I accept your apology. Please don't ever do that again. Right. And that was so significant for me because I believe that we are conditioned in a culture of nicety that when someone overrides one of your boundaries, it's almost customary to say, that's okay. No worries. Yeah, that's 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 our niche, uh, initial um, knee jerk. And I think it's because we're trying to take care of other people first before ourselves. Yes. And so what happens is this system in society where people who are pushy, overbearing and self-serving get away with whatever the hell they want to do. And the rest of us are left holding the bag saying, I don't like the way this feels. Yeah. I think, um, because we've been trained to, or that's become our pattern, we don't even realize when we're doing it. And then suddenly we have anger and resentment, uh, at other people, but also ourselves for allowing them to cross our boundaries. Yes. And this is something that can be, very gendered as well, where Mm -hmm. women are especially trained to acquiesce to men and to always be in the position of default of it's okay. I'm so sorry. I can do it. I can do it for you. Not a problem. So on and so forth. Especially when it comes to, um, sex and not only sex, but, uh, uh, I mean, just, you know, the whole, the whole me too thing. I mean, that's, that's, at the core of boundaries and not respecting someone's boundaries and, and all of that, you know, consent, consent, consent um, expectations. I just, I just texted my community that, um, no, does a reminder that no is a complete sentence. And I got a ton of responses back. And the reason why, uh, is because so many can relate to that because that's the way that w- the world is. And so many have personal stories where their boundaries were crossed. Yes. Yes. And, you know, boundary crossing happens on micro levels with microaggressions. Um, A great example is two people are walking down the street and they appear that they're going to occupy the same space and crash into each other. Who's the one that steps out of the way? Right. It becomes it becomes a game of chicken. It becomes it becomes a game of chicken. But I would also posit that um, women and folks of color are more likely to step out of the way. Oh, sure. And that, right. um, you know, right. men, cis white men are used to having the space to just plow ahead. Um, there's a lot of women, myself included, who have been practicing taking up space on the sidewalk by simply not moving out of the way. And yeah. I have been crashed into by a lot of people. <laughs> Noelle practicing her, uh, uh, tapping into her Rosa Parks and uh, <laughs> and getting pushed. Um, I, I think that uh, one of the great things that are happening though, um, especially with movements is uh, women and, 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 and minorities are actually speaking up. I think probably for 
I don't know if it's the first time, but I think in in my entire life, I think it's it's the it's been the most powerful in the last I don't know decade. It's constant. It's constant. It's repetitive. We have a long, long way to go. Sure. But the voices are rising and people are taking action and it's great to see. I think conversations are finally happening, you know, and and of course, you know, with the conversations, you're going to get pushback too. you're going to get, you know, um, the like you mentioned, the white person on the sidewalk not willing to move. That's going to happen. But um, I think just starting with the conversations and shedding light on the topic of that is, is, is huge, you know, it's huge. And so, but it starts with yourself and it starts with your own personal narrative. And in order to set a boundary, whether you're walking on a sidewalk or you're saying no to sex, or you're telling your partner that my career, my job is more important than going to see your mother. I'm so sorry. Um, you need to know first what your own personal priorities are and why they're important. Yes, and I think many people know they have a problem executing. They have a problem. They have a problem actually drawing the boundary, or um, you know, putting themselves first, or uh, like you said, not moving when it comes to to being on the sidewalk. Like it's the ex- execution piece that I think many people are not used to because uh, they've been in you know lopsided relationships or abusive relationships, or you know, partly also just the world that we live in. If you are a female or you are a minority, then you have experienced uh, some kind of. Um, your voice taken from you or something taken from you, you know, something taken from you. So let's get down to knowing, because I think that that's a little bit trickier than it might appear because mm. there are lots of mechanisms and structures that keep us from, you know, stepping into and owning our power. Right. So I, I have a client case study. I was working with a client and she said that she just moved to a new city She really wanted to get out of the house. She wanted to go out to dinner by herself, just to go to a bar, sit there, be around people. But she was feeling insecure about the way that she looked. Mm. And so she didn't go out. Right. So let's take that scenario because it doesn't feel like there's boundary work in there, but there's Mm -hmm. a lot of boundary work in there. So number one, there's this implicit assumption that uh, a woman's physical appearance is meant to be consumed by somebody else. Mm. And that she was responsible for making herself appear pleasing to others who would be in that restaurant or bar so that they could consume her physical appearance. And that that was... That's really interesting. I love how you um, pointed that out because that just went right over my head. What an interesting way to uh, to see a boundary. A hundred percent. So the boundary work there is, you know, I have the right to exist in a restaurant. However, the fuck I want to exist in right. a restaurant. Right. It's my damn money that's going to purchase the meal. So would you say that by her... Um, Deciding to stay in, even though she went wanted to go out, um, and because she didn't wasn't presented in the way that she you know that the world wanted to see her, uh, that that means she's cro- she's crossing her own boundary, or she's not drawing one. She's not drawing one. She's yeah. not drawing a boundary between herself and the messages of patriarchal society. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I when I when I talked about it with her, and I said, "Hey, you work really hard." 
you're a really competent professional. You earn your money. Does it make a difference for you to see yourself as a consumer who has every right to be in that restaurant, whether you're in sweatpants or a prom dress? And she said, I never thought about it that way. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's powerful. And so boundary then falls under the umbrella of of loving yourself, of self-care. Of loving yourself and being able to draw a box around yourself and say, I deserve to have my needs met. I'm hungry and I'm craving human connection. Those are two needs that I have that are valid. And I'm going to draw a box around myself with a boundary that says I get to exist. I get to expend my money where I want to. And I get to go out regardless of what I look like. So, so many people um, have this idea or they know in their hearts, but they can't actually do it. And I think they can't do it because they just haven't practiced enough. They haven't practiced enough and um, we ignore our internal compass very often. So somatic responses, your body goes first, mm-hmm. you're, you're in your office, your boss walks in, violates your personal space, right. reaches over your computer, takes a piece of paper, you feel tightness in your throat, yeah. in your chest, you know, so on and so forth. That's a boundary violation. Noticing first what it feels like is step one in beginning to correct the process. What about that scenario felt icky to me? What about this scenario do I not want to happen again? Mm-hmm. And, and then a- after you after after you process the feeling, then how do you how do you what do you do about it? How do you execute it? It's really situation specific whether yeah. it you know, self-talk, um, in the specific scenario that I just laid out where someone consistently comes into another person's office, interrupts them in their work and interrupts their personal space. A really good tactic is for the person behind the desk to simply stand up Mm -hmm. when somebody else walks into their office and that will halt whatever the hell was about to happen in that And so when somebody physically stands up, you take up space, you force the other person to engage with you and interact with you. And that's when you take your power back and you state directly, this is how this is going to go. Hey, thanks so much for dropping in. This isn't a good time right now. Please shoot me now with whatever you need. Right. Yeah, I think it's important. And I think it's a practice. Um, You know, the other thing about boundaries, which which uh, which is more, uh, you know, in the in the. um, relationship world is if you don't draw healthy boundaries you're actually doing a disservice uh, to the relationship meaning uh, healthy boundaries actually can bring two people closer together i think a lot of people think by drawing a boundary they're pushing someone away and that's why they don't do it especially with their partner but healthy boundaries um, can bring people together So let's talk about some needs in relationships and what those healthy boundaries are and how you can communicate effectively. Yes. Uh, An example that I can think of is, hey, partner, I really can use some alone time right now. I'm going to go for a hike, go to a museum or go to a coffee house on my own. Um, this is how to get in touch with me or this is what I'll be back. Yes. And a lot of people um, see that as a form of rejection or, oh, well, you know, we do everything together. Why do you not want to do that with me? They, they, per- they personalize that and that's, 
that's their own stuff <laughs> that they need to work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so for the person who's setting the boundary, you know, step number one is a recognition of, of the internal compass. Am I feeling claustrophobic? Am I feeling, um, frazzled? Am I feeling overwhelmed? Am I feeling, you know, too connected to this other person? Do, am I an introvert? Do I need to recharge by experiencing alone time? So the first thing is getting in front of who are you? What are your needs? How is your current environment impacting you and what needs to change? Mm -hmm. Also, when you draw boundaries and you give yourself something like alone time or whatever you feel that you need, um, you're bringing more to the relationship because you're bringing more of your authentic self and who you are. So I think boundaries, you know, I talk about containers a lot. Um, Boundaries keep your container safe and boundaries uh, promote your growth, not stunt it. So people who lack boundaries actually, um, I think, are more stunted in their own personal growth. And people um, make a lot of assumptions around boundaries and what they mean. So just as you were describing the person who might say, oh, but we do everything together. Why don't you want me there? Right. You know, the partner is then internalizing the boundary. So part of, of good and healthy boundary work is being secure enough in yourself to know that who's ever on the other side of that boundary might have a poor reaction to the boundary being set and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You proceed with your boundary anyway. And what will happen typically is that the sky won't fall. Life will go on. And that partner will resolve their issue because they will see the sky didn't fall and that life went on. Yeah. And it takes, it takes many of those experiences, you know, to lay the tracks. Um, it's not just once. Because you, you may get pushed back or someone may not be used to it. And um, if you hold on to your boundaries uh, with two hands, then you can kind of redefine the relationship and protect yourself. If you don't after one time, then you crumble and then it's going to be harder for you to, to, to set that boundary again. Absolutely. And when, when we're working with boundaries, you know, it, it does take repetition and it does take uh, bravery. Yeah, of course. It's bravery to put yourself and your own existence in the center of whatever the heck it is you're trying to do. And there's guilt. You know, I experience it at work when I know I am exhausted Mm -hmm. and I know that I need to stop and take space and take time for myself. But I feel so guilty because I know that there are other people depending on me. And I often find myself apologizing for needing to set a boundary. Yeah. And cognitively, I know that the people on our team don't care. Right. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> it's me that feels so terrible. Yeah. And I think so many can relate to that, you know. Um, I, I, I think, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, think about uh, all the uh, areas of your life and how you draw boundaries, um, where you need to draw boundaries. And if you're not drawing boundaries, how does that impact your life? How does that impact your state, your productivity, uh, your, you know, your, your happiness? Um, and maybe it's time to, 
uh, like Noel said, I think the first step is to actually feel it and um, feel it in your body and and know that this is something that you have to work on. And then you know the execution piece, and you don't have to to jump off the deep end and 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 do something very extreme. Um, you can draw small boundaries and then keep growing them. You know. Yes. And it, and it takes practice. That's emotional interval training. Yes. When I'm working with clients, I think the number one area that I do um, role play with boundaries is around parents. Mm. Because parents of adult children have no boundaries. And they're so used to this person being their kid that even when somebody's an adult, they feel like they can say whatever they want or try to impose their own value system. Oh, yeah. Or- yeah you know, intruding questions or, and so if you want to get, you know, a pretty good, um, handle on an experience with boundary setting, call your mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And part of that's generational, you know, the, the whole nagging. Yeah. And, and, you know, working with parents can be really infuriating, but it's also a safe space to practice boundary work because you're typically able to set the boundary. Sure. Your mom or dad will be annoyed, but you know, the relationship isn't going to fall apart and you right. can then use that safe emotional environment to move on to bigger and harder boundaries. Yes. Guys, draw your boundaries. Noel, thank you for this conversation. Absolutely. Catch you next time. Okay. Be well. Be well.